you want to know what's hard now is because we're doing it so far in advance. We don't know what's happening in the world. Shit, yeah. Anything could be happening in the world. It could turn out that Donald Trump is like a decent human being. I mean, it's unlikely, <laughs> but yeah, it's unlikely, but it could happen because we have no fucking clue and the story changes every day with him. Yeah, I, I am really that up with the news this week, so I've got no idea what's going on in the world. Mm, well, I saw some tweets about pardoning and him trying to pardon himself. I don't know, so maybe he did something else. I thought you for a minute you were talking about um, O.J. Simpson. What about O.J. Simpson? They're going to release him. Really? Yeah. How long has he been locked up? Is it nine or so years? He's become a Christian now, so... Oh, that's usually what happens. Something happens in prison. Yeah. I once met a guy that, like, a couple of days after he'd been released from prison, and he'd been in prison for 12 years for armed robbery, he actually seemed like the nicest guy. They sometimes are. Yeah, I don't know if, what he was like before, but he seemed really nice now. And he was like, yeah, yeah no, I really shouldn't have done that. I was like, well, that's good. At least you know you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I think, well, is it? A lot of them do it when they're young and they're like, think the whole world's against them. Or they end up stuck in that rut and they continue to do it because that, they think that's the only way they can survive. Survive? It's the only way they can survive. <laughs> a bit West Country then. Yeah. The only way that they can survive. Well, we all know the only way is Essex. So. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> Still not watched an episode of that show. I don't think I'm missing anything. I've also not watched Love Island. Everyone seems to be watching Love Island. Why? What is so interesting about these, like, Z-listers? Are they even celebrities or is it just regular people? To be honest, I wouldn't know the difference, would I? I've heard they had sex. They have sex. Well, it's called Love Island. I'm assuming that's a goal. True. But yeah, I'm probably never going to watch that shit. It strikes me, they can't exactly love each other. They're having sex on television. No, they they are attention seekers. Yeah. But the reality show needs to build some sort of story, and it's the Love Island that they've built. Oh, great choice of reality TV. <sighs> I'm so disgusted by it. One day we had Shakespeare. <laughs> now we've got this shit. <laughs> oh, God. One day we had J.K. Rowling. It doesn't need to be Shakespeare. Anything is better than this. She doesn't do any more Harry Potter now, though, does she? She did, like, started a detective series, didn't she? I haven't read it yet. I want to. Oh, there was, yeah, because they did a TV version of the first book, didn't they? Oh, did they? Yeah, well, I forgot what it was called now. Because she released it under a pen name initially, right? And it was did well review-wise. But pretty much everyone knew it, what, who it was by the time before it was released, so... Oh, did they? Yeah, because someone who'd read it worked out it was her really just from the writing yeah you apparently can do that well i love jk rowling i love that she gave me harry potter it's a great story but it's not exactly well written because it's not it's just telling a very unique story it's not a novel that will be studied because of how it's written yeah so yeah she's a storyteller but she's not a writer well as far as i can tell because i've only read the harry potter books she's a tweeter she's excellent at tweeting and i follow her and i love her and I don't want to insult her, but that's my honest opinion. If it yeah. wasn't for the story, like the book wouldn't may have made any impact whatsoever because it would just be blah. Mm. She can be a bit repetitive sometimes. We could have worse. I mean, not long after you get all the Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey, like the teen fiction ones, the teen lit. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey's teen fiction. <laughs> uh, it came from teen fiction, though. Did it? Well, it started out as fan fiction about Twilight. 
a housewife, bored housewife, that was really into Twilight, I guess, and wished it would be dirtier. So, yeah, it started off as Twilight fanfiction. So I blame teen literature for that. Blame teenagers. They clearly demand that stuff. We were teenagers once. True. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> what, did you just skip those years? You're like Mrs. Trunchbull. <laughs> yeah, I was born an adult. I was born like 80 years old, so... You're Benjamin Button. You're living in reverse. Yeah. Oh, God. That means I've got teenage years to look forward to. You're going to die as a baby. Yeah. It's well, weird because... You pretty much do, because you die, end up dying shitting yourself. And... Not necessarily. Uh, well, if you get to old age, you tend to. Yeah, if you get to old age, but the Tories are killing off the old age people. Mm. So we're not going to get there. The Americans certainly aren't going to get there. Yeah, I suppose could die in like a plane crash or something like that. I love how the first world countries are dying out. I bet the third world countries are going to take over. Maybe, maybe. That's actually likely now. Possibly. Our governments are trying to kill us. Ooh, conspiracy there. Yeah. How the fuck are we getting onto this segue? I can't, I've been trying I to forgot. think. <laughs> um, There's no way we can get onto this segue. I forgot what the subject was for a bit. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. There's like no way to connect it whatsoever. So should we just go to intro music and then we'll deal? Okay, yeah. Because we can't just keep making small talk hoping something will come along because it's not as obvious as all the other ones that involve dead bodies. Yeah. So go on. Intro in. out so this week we're going to be doing well, i thought it was an urban legend but i don't really know anymore i don't know what it is yeah it's it's hard to work out isn't it yeah it's that's why you shouldn't judge a book by its cover yeah. i thought it was an urban legend i thought i'd laugh it off but now i'm not so sure yeah We've got nothing to laugh at this week, have we, really? No, we thought this would be a fun one. We're like, ah, oh, we'll find examples of the stories and we'll just t- read the stories and laugh at it like it's a creepypasta. No, it's actually kind of creepy. Not just creepypasta, it's creepy. Yeah, I still don't get where the pasta comes from. I don't either. Yeah, I think we're just going to have to check with Chris when he gets back from, you know, hell to visit us. Because hell have day passes. Do they? Yeah, and they let people out early. Do they have bus passes for the old people? Nah. Instead of letting the old people out, they just put them on treadmills and make them think they're going somewhere, but they never go. They're just staying in the same place, thinking they're going somewhere, but they're not. So they never get to where they're going. I don't I don't think that's too bad, actually. Because the old people, if they ever actually got there, they just moan about the place. So uh, That's true of young people as well. To be fair, young people are the ones that don't like to do things or go anywhere. Yeah, but for old people, moaning's an occupation, so... Mm. So, yeah, this week we're going to be talking about tulpas. Tulpa could be described as a thought form or a mind form. Its roots are in Buddhism. And the name comes from Tibet, I guess. I think it is, right? Yeah, there's a Buddhist connection there, so... Yeah. So the first known existence of a tulpa was in about 1927, I believe. That early? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it was at least 1927. That was the first recorded one. So a thought form is basically you make something with your mind and emotions and your thoughts. And that person becomes, that personal object, should I say, becomes real to you, who is known as the host, which is a bit odd and confusing. 
I just assume that's disassociative personality disorder. But okay, it could be also be a tulpa. There's a Harry Potter connection there, you know, I think. What are you talking about? You know, at the end of the last film, and I think it's in the novel, there's something about how just because something's not real doesn't mean it's not or just because you imagine something doesn't mean it's not real. <gasps> Matt, I'm so glad you said that because in my little, little notes, I was looking through just quickly and I just wrote somewhere randomly, say something about Voldemort Tom slash Tom Riddle plus the Horcrux diary. So I haven't put an idea of down what to say. I've just uh, left the point. I'm just like, you can say something about that at some point. Um, I have no idea what that point relates to because it must be somewhere. Oh, has an imaginary body. Okay, that's skipping too far ahead. We can bring that up later, then. If we get to it again. Yeah. So, basically, it could take a matter of days or a matter of months to actually create a tulpa. So, you imagine its voice in your... Well, you hear its voice in your head first, and it seems like an internal illusion or hallucination. And eventually, after time, you have to kind of nurture it like it's a child. And it could take months, it could take years. You could actually visualise it. Wow. Yeah. And you talk to it like it's a person, an imaginary friend. But also, a dark side of the Tulpa is that it can take over you, personally. You can give it up to, well, it can take over your body, can make you do certain things. Which is why I sort of think of it more as like disassociative personality disorder. And you're not in control of your actions, the Tulpa is. Mm. So, yeah, I'm stuck with disassociative personality disorder. It's schizophrenia an example of dissociative. I guess it's like split personality. Because that's one thing I I heard some people saying this might be. It does it does sound a bit like that from what I understand of schizophrenia, which is not yeah. much. It could also be used just because you're lonely. I mean, this is the one friend that you have, and it's with you all the time. It's weird that you'd make it do dark things though. The thing is, the stuff that I've read. Well, the early stuff that I've read when the Tulpas first came about, it, you wouldn't be making the Tulpa do things. You would be nurturing it, but then it would come its, become its own person. Mm. So initially, at the beginnings, I feel like it's the person, the host person, projecting its thoughts and feelings to the Tulpa. But when the Tulpa becomes its own person, it could become violent and in some cases needs to be destroyed. Like, there was a lady, a Belgian-French lady called Alexandra David Neal. She created her own tulpa, and she states that it grew too powerful and it had to be destroyed. See, this is what, what I struggle to understand is, how can it take over you? I don't get it either. There's like very few people that actually believe in tulpas, first of all. Yeah. Right now, because I think the surveys have been done fairly recently as well. There's not that many people that buy into the tulpa. A, a lot of people think it's just a mental disorder. Yeah. which I would probably place my money on. I mean, even the Alexandra David Neal lady, she said it could possibly be an illusion, but she said something more horrifying that she believes that other people can see your tulpa as well. So if the tulpa is real, other people can see it. Other people could probably be affected by it as well. Yeah. If it's a particularly violent tulpa, they could be affected by it. Also, there's another theory that you don't necessarily have to build the tulpa of your own will. It can actually come about through your emotion and your aura. So you'd have literally no control of, over its inception, its growth, and what happens afterwards. 
Yeah, when you get into auras, that's getting into like cult shit, isn't it? And stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's easy to buy into if you believe in like the mysticism and psychics and things like that and the yeah. supernatural. I see, I just associate it, you're either schizophrenic or something. You've got to have some mental illness, I think. Yeah, I think it's a fraction of your psyche that you're using as comfort and projection and it's easier for you to compartmentalise it if it's another person. It's also easier for you to accept it if it's another person and it's part of you that you don't like about yourself, like a violent part. So you imagine it as a different person. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't deny that I think people are probably actually genuinely experiencing this. I think they're experiencing it in their head. Yeah, because the mind is capable of lots of things. I don't doubt it's probably real to some people that they actually think that, that that's what's happening. Yeah, so it's real to those people so it's subjective yeah so basically it's imaginary it's real to them but it doesn't mean it's necessarily real yeah that's why that's why i had tom riddle written down has an imaginary body hyphen part of your psyche imagine anything you want it to be used for companionship as Ginny used the diary for her companionship she started out at hogwarts she was lonely she didn't have anyone to talk to she used tom riddle's diary he pretended that he understood everything she was going through mm. and he sapped her energy to become a real boy. Ah. That's why I had that written down. I was wondering. Ginny didn't have anyone to talk to because she was ginger. <sighs> There's nothing wrong with ginger people. If you say so. You're losing about 2% of our audience right there. Am I? I don't know how many of our audience is ginger. Hopefully none of them. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind you insulting Trump fans. I don't mind you insulting uh, Tory fans. I, I don't like you insulting people that can do nothing to change their appearance. You can't insult people because of their hair colour. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not right. I'm against this. I'm against this bullying that you're doing. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, well, basically, the Tolpa became popularised in about the 1990s to early 2000s because it featured in various different film and television. And 4chan eventually latched onto it because of the popularity and it became sort of like an internet legend and they built communities around it. There are Tolpa community websites. So it sprung its own phenomenon on the internet and I don't like 4chan. It scares me. I don't know what 4chan is. It's like a Reddit, but I feel more harmful. Ah, oh, right. Did you find any of the Tulpa websites? Yeah, I've got one here, which I actually learned a lot about modern-day feelings to Tulpa, which we can go into in a bit. Um, there's one called Tulpa.info. Ooh. Yeah. And there's various other ones, actually. There's Tulpa message boards, if you look through, and they're weird. I just decided, after I collected a few things, I decided just to Google, is a tulpa real? Because that's what I always like to do at the end of my research, to see what people <laughs> think. And some of the responses were, yes, because I'm a tulpa. And I'm just like, what the actual fuck? I did see one, and it's the third one I got, I think, where one of the comments was, can the tulpa speak to us? Which, if it's real, it should be able to do. Yeah. It could speak to the host because that's what it's there for. Mm. And there are theories that you could speak to other people as well. So there was a guy back in the day. That's as specific as I'm getting. Uh, William Walker Atkinson. 
he believed that anyone could see a tulpa as long as he had awakened astral senses. And I'm quoting him directly. So yeah, anyone should be able to see it as long as you buy into the bullshit, basically. <laughs> do, you, do you know what astral senses are? I don't fucking know. It just seems like airy-fairy bullshit to me. Yeah. Pretty much like the horoscopes and psychics and all that bullshit. Pretty much, in my head, that's what it means. Billion Tarman. Yeah. horoscope people, they can't do anything about that. <laughs> I could easily write a horoscope. Just make it as broad as you possibly can, and people will buy it. Yeah. Why don't you? <laughs> my, a friend of mine, now, well, someone that I work with, I've just downplayed a whole relationship in like five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Someone I work with, she's always on the horoscopes, no matter what. And then she was just like, oh, I only do it when you're here. I was like, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and she's always reading it, and she always reads it out, and she's like, you're doing this to me right now. I was like, no, I'm fucking not, that's so broad. You can say anyone's doing that to you right now. Like yesterday, it was like, someone will distract you at work. Apparently that was me saying, hello, or can you do this, please? Or it could have been any of the other people she interacted with at work. It's that broad. <laughs> Someone was, someone's going to distract you. You know what? I'm going to write a horoscope saying, so, you will see someone jaywalk. Yeah. People will buy it because you always see people jaywalking. If you're built to buy that bullshit, you will buy it. If you're built to not, you won't. It's a bit like um, they say about seances and stuff like that. It's pretty easy to guess what someone's name's going to be. Or the psychics that are like, you're here because you've lost someone or something tragic has happened to you. Like, why else the fuck would I be here? Why else would I need a psychic <laughs> yeah, to clearly... talk to a fucking ghost for me? <laughs> what the actual fuck? Mm. Although th my sister went to a seance once, not her choice, it was a friend. And the seance didn't seem to know that our parents were, were kind of dead. <laughs> so they were telling her, my sister, one of them might die soon. So. <laughs> wow. I, I remember a few years ago, well, a few of us were in Covent Garden and there was like a tarot card where you just set up. It's an illegal tarot card, I'm guessing. And uh, Yulia paid, it said two pounds. So Yulia paid her two pounds. She sat down, extended her palm and the lady was just like, you will live a long life. And Yulia was like, is that it? And she's like, that is what you get for two pounds. So they, they aren't psychics, they're charlatans, my friend, charlatans. Yeah. I think I've seen the photo of that. It's on Mum's Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, the photo looks nice, but yeah, it's BS, complete BS. I could have done a better tarot card read, not a tarot card reading. I could have done a better palm reading. Tarot cards do look interesting, though. They do, but it's all a game of chance, really, isn't it? Like any other guard game. Mm. You can't really tell anything. Yeah. So anyway, 4chan. <laughs> uh, 4chan sort of latched onto this, and it spread like wildfire through... I say wildfire, it's only a small number, like I said before of communities and the tulpa has become kind of watered down and less threatening and people are prompted to actually make try and create them themselves because the websites now the most recent ones don't seem to think that the tulpas are harmful they seem to think that they're your friends they give you tips on how to make them but i love how this this tulpa.info website the introduction he gives you a list of tips on how to make them and then it's just like, there is no one way to make a tulpa. you just got to do what you got to do. It's like, so you've just told me none of this stuff is right. It just happens or it doesn't. Yeah. Also, the way you said it makes it sound like some kind of like Blue Peter thing, you know. Exactly. Google it. The introduction, what is a tulpa? It sounds so basic because I read that thing first before I read any of the other, like Wikipedia and all the other 
you know, the origins of the Tulpa. I read that first and I was like, oh, that's all right. That's fine. And then I read the other stuff and I was like, this is some fucked up shit. This is absolutely fucked up. When I, yeah, so when I first read the Tulpa forum, I just thought, oh, this is a nice little fun thing to do for a lonely person. Like, why didn't the guys in Weird Science try this before doing that? It would have been yeah. easier. And so I thought they were harmless little creatures. And I was shocked that they were getting encouraged. People were getting encouraged to make them. Yeah, pretty much. What's the uh, golden compass thing? You what know, where they like got the li book? little animals. Oh, oh, God, I didn't make that association. But yeah, that seems kind of true. Yeah. They are sprung from your mind. Yeah, because people talk about having, um, you know, your animal spirit and stuff like that. Yeah, spirit animal. Yeah. Mine's Joe Lysette. <laughs> Joe Lysette's not an animal, though, is he? Well, a human being is a form of animal. He's just a specific human being. <laughs> and he writes letters of complaints. And his tweets are funny. How is he not my spirit animal? <laughs> if he wasn't gay, we'd be soulmates. Yeah, oh, it's a shame. You'd make a nice partnership, you two, I think. Oh, God, people would fucking hate us. Yeah. You'd be like neighbours from hell or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what were we saying? Golden Compass. Yeah, I, I can see that, actually. Yeah. I can see how the topper will be a defence mechanism for people. Like, if you're being, like, abused or something, your topper can tape over your body to take the hits. I, I mean, I get why people have imaginary friends. I'm pretty sure I probably had some when I was younger. I didn't. Oh. I had actual friends. I love on my notes from this imaginary friend. Basically, all I wrote down was like, oh, you can go out and make new friends. The Tulpa could also teach you how to be empathetic as well. Again, go out and make some friends. They will also teach you how to be empathetic. If you didn't have imaginary friends, who, who are your friends then? Just people. As a kid, you can make friends with anyone, right? You had actual human friends. Yeah, actual human friends. Yeah, first of all, as a kid, you can make friends with anyone because you just go up to someone and say, can you be my friend? It's weird as an adult when you go up and do that. I always get told <laughs> to piss off now whenever I see someone that's interested in looking and I go up to them and say, can you be my friend? They say, fuck off. Which is fair enough. Yeah. But as a child, you can do that and get away with it. It's probably the tone of voice you ask it in. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, so as a child, you can get away with that. You can be friends with anyone. And even if you aren't friends with, like, real-life human beings, you've also got siblings. Actually, you didn't have the siblings that are roughly the same age as you. I didn't have siblings roughly the same age as me, but I had cousins roughly the same age as me. And I also had neighbours. And it was easy. Sorry, Matt. You had a Tulpa growing up, didn't you, man? <laughs> I had friends that were real. <laughs> I swear I did. <laughs> <laughs> you still don't, Matt. I'm a Tulpa. I'm not really here. Oh, God. That's the kind of Tulpa I bring up, you lot. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that they grow up and then they grow away from you and they could turn out to be evil. You not. never know the Tulpa you're going to end up with. You could end up being very angry if you don't nurture it well as well. That's what I heard, found out from the Tulpa website. Mm. At least they've got pretty multicultural Tulpas. Yeah. <laughs> you do have multicultural Tulpas. But, you know, Brexit and racism is rife. Yeah, we all might just fuck off, so... Typical, yeah. Yeah. See you later. I've got to destroy them, basically, so... I have to kill you all, basically. <laughs> destroy the Tulpa. Yeah, any excuse. You bastard. <laughs> anyway, so, plan was to do a creepypasta version of this, like we said before. So we'd find stories, and then we'd take the piss. Instead, we actually found some information, which we have given you all. I think pretty much we've given you the gist of it. 
I don't think there is much more I want to say about it or I can say about it. Because it's all the same old, same old. It's part of your psyche. It could be mental illness. It's basically for lonely people. Yeah. I mean, if you're a lonely person that wants to make a tulpa, I say just go out. Maybe join some clubs. Book club, maybe. Or chess club, I guess. I don't know. Some sort of club. For some people who are really lonely, that could be really hard, though. What, chess club? Well, any kind of club could be hard. But that's how you make friends, I'm assuming. Listen, I don't know how to make friends. I'm an adult now. I'm all set. It can be hard, though, to make new friends when you're an adult, so... Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. I don't know how to make new friends now. How am I supposed to go out and make new friends? I've already got friends. I can't have time. a tulpa, isn't it? Make a tulpa now. Mm. But then, like, knowing me, I'd make a tulpa, build a dungeon, keep it in the dungeon... Dungeon. I would not be able to raise my tulpa well. My tulpa would destroy the world. Oh. Don't say that you doubt that. Yeah, I'm imagining what your tulpa's letters of complaints would be like. <laughs> It'd be bound to be some. Unless my tulpa is actually really amazing because it's like not raised by me properly. So it decides to rebel against me by being like a proper amazing tulpa. People would rather have the tulpa than me in their life. Which is standard really, isn't it? Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. So should we do a few tulpa stories maybe? Yeah. So do you want to go first? Yeah. Right. This is one I've got. This is one you made earlier. Yes. Yes. With some sticky back tape. Right. I'm just going to go straight in. Something happened to me quite recently has put a bit of a scare on me. We have lived in our home for several years now without anything unusual to report. Just how I like it. Raising two young boys is difficult enough without having to deal with any strange activity. That's in um, quotation marks. Oh, thank you for specifying. Uh, My wife is a fiction writer. Uh, This is clearly the person talking, not me. I don't have a wife. And recently had a book published through Amazon. The name of her book is titled Breaking Limbo, which is a bit of a shit title. (laughs) Uh, The story follows 11 different young adults who, for different reasons, decide to end their lives, only to discover a desperate struggle in the afterlife. Yeah, she sounds quite interesting, actually. Mm. Is that the blurb of the book you're reading? No. This is this guy talking about his wife. Yeah, it just sounds like a blurb to me. Oh, possibly. The book has received some good reviews, and I've plugged it for her recently in this forum and a few others. Altogether... Yeah, that's five doing... readers right there. Yeah. But altogether, it is doing very well for her. I've read a few chapters out of sequence while she was writing it, but she had been bugging me to read the book in its entire... Can't use words properly. It's meant to say in its entirety, I think. This is just like the creepy pastor episodes. Matt, have you ever done one? I know I've listened to one, and I think I've been involved in one, but I didn't know what was going on for most of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, creepypastas are so misspelled. So, like, whenever me or Chris are reading it out, we pause just to rearrange the words or correct them in our minds. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is having a more creepypasta feel. Yeah, ironically, this one was worse than the one I read on the creepypasta site. Oh, yeah, no, I did see the one on the creepypasta website, and that was so bad. Yeah. So I didn't bother printing that one. Yeah. At the time, we didn't yet own a Kindle. So I couldn't download it. Oh my god! This I think this is just a great plug for Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I know. Also, she's writing the fucking book with you, you idiot. <laughs> you live in the same house. You know why not just read the version she's got? <laughs> why are you having to wait until it's been bloody published? Maybe she doesn't like him. Maybe, but she's keep bugging him to read the book. Mm, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a healthy relationship to me. Uh, 
Instead, I waited for the printed version to become available. As I prefer the old-fashioned style. Oh, wait, I should say this says old-fashioned style of writing, of reading anyway. I started reading the book about the third week of September. When I read any book, I create a picture in my mind of what a character looks like. I did this with an adult character by the name of Mari. I think that's meant to say. Or Mary. It's with two E's, so I've got no Fuck. idea. Uh, who's mentioned quite often throughout the book. So, I'm a slow reader. It takes me quite a while to get through any book I read. Sometimes I have to reread something. I just read because my attention has <laughs> drifted from the book to something else. So I take my time and read carefully. My... How many times did you write read in like three sentences? <laughs> I know. This guy does sound a bit slow to me. <laughs> so I take my time and read carefully. My wife started to fuss a bit, asking me if I didn't like the story. I honestly was enjoying the book and kept telling her that it just takes me longer than the average reader to finish a book. So Saturday evening, September the 28th, I'm home alone washing some dishes in the sink. The sun is setting, so it's still light out. I hear a banging sound coming from the backyard. I recognise the sound as being the shed door. I walk into the living room to look out a window and see who is out there. Although if it's in the shed, you're going to need to look more than out the window. <laughs> yeah, actually, physically in the shed, yeah, you'll probably need to leave the house, walk yeah. over to it, with maybe a torch if it's dark. Yeah, I mean, unless you can see through wood, then I congratulate you on that. It depends on who's wood. Yeah, where was I? <laughs> when I see this woman standing there, just swinging the shed door to the closed position and reopening it again consistently, making the banging sound. The shed sits about 40 yards directly behind the house window I'm looking at. Dark hair, <laughs> backing up my cat. <laughs> it sounds like he's describing the shed there. instead. Of Maybe the he is, but then he changed his mind mid-description. <laughs> this, God, this guy is such a terrible writer. I'm glad he leaves the writing to his wife. <laughs> looking as if into the neighbour's yard, just slamming the door. My first thought is, here's this woman in my yard. Why is she doing that? I push off the window and head to the backyard. The noise stops before I get to the door that leads to the back porch. I didn't look up towards the shed until I was out of the porch on the patio. And she's not there. My shed door is open, and I figure she is now in the shed or behind it. I first walk round the shed before opening the door, wide enough to look in. Nothing. She has gone quicker than anyone could physically remove themselves from sight. Without climbing fences and such. It wasn't until later that night did I make a connection. The woman in, the, in my yard very much matched the description of the character in my wife's book that I was currently reading. The hair, the outfit, as I pictured it. Granted, this person was about 40 yards from my window when I was watching her. I started to do some digging online and I came across the tulpa. Could my wife's anger with me for reading her book too slowly have created some kind of thought form, if that is even possible. What purpose would it serve except to confuse? And if this was some random person who wandered in my yard, why the odd behaviour? My wife did get a kick out of me telling her the incident, but swear she did not put anybody up to pull a joke. Any thoughts to this Tolber, if real, would be appreciated. I have finished reading the book without any incidences. Something tells me that there's a connection. I'm just not sure of it. 
And that's the Tulpa story. Okay, so first of all, what the hell did he Google that brought him to Tulpa? Yeah. Did he Google women in my backyard? <laughs> my wife and a woman in my backyard? <laughs> that's some that's some site that's got to be. Exactly. So what the hell did he Google to bring it to Tulpa? Yeah. And second of all, it wouldn't just disappear if it was an actual Tulpa. It's connected to you. It's yeah. part of you. Yeah, it'd be around for longer, wouldn't it? Yeah, not just one sighting, one chance sighting. So I think this Tulpa writer was very ill-informed. Yeah. Maybe we should send him this episode once we're done. Mm. It did interest me, though, because that idea of, like, you know when you're writing, kind of create characters, that's got to be a bit like having a Tulpa to some degree. Mm. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if the... Women that he imagined slashed within his shed was actually having an affair with his wife in his shed. So that's why his wife described the character as that. And he had maybe caught glimpses of her in like a sleepy state as he's going to and from the bathroom or whatever in the middle of the night. Yeah. So maybe it's just like a desperate housewives type thing rather than a Tulpa type thing. I say maybe it's a desperate housewives type thing. I don't really watch desperate housewives. I need to stop referencing stuff I don't watch. I think I've occasionally seen a Desperate Housewife episode, and I'm not sure I've seen a Tulpa. I've seen bits and pieces of Desperate Housewives, definitely. I think everyone has, but not continuously. Not enough to know what the hell is going on, other than women are desperate housewives. When I first started reading about Tulpa, I just thought it's people with overreactive like, imaginations. Yeah. This is kind of an example of that for me. Yeah. I think this is someone perhaps worrying a bit too much mm. if it's even true <laughs> uh first of all i don't think it's true it's probably a kid that is just trying to write a creepy story also no one would be married to someone that slow no i mean he's really sad the writer they'd have more ambition than that surely well unless they want to keep that guy around to make themselves feel better about their life yeah because uh, okay i don't want to diminish Ab- amazon self-publishing right because even i've thought about doing it i'm mm. like I thought, oh, I'll write a shitty book, put it online for like a pound each, and I'll like troll these people <laughs> and actually earn some money out of it. Or even if it's like a manual on how to open a tin, I'll get <laughs> some money out of it. I've thought about that. But if a proper writer wants a publisher, right, because it has prestige. So I don't think she is a high-ranking writer. I think she's a very low-ranking writer. So she might need the slow guy around to... Make herself feel, feel better about herself. Maybe. Yeah, so I don't think that was a tulpa. I just think it yeah. was somebody that his wife was having an affair with. It happens. Someone wearing a gown. It happens. I don't know. I, I've just, I've, I've got, like, gown. Who's, who wears gowns these days? Um, I did, but I don't know what happened to it. When I say gown, it's... Do you mean like a dress gown or? I don't. In my in my idea, I've got like the old gowns, ballroom gowns, or like the dress ropes. Um, you know, you know like a like dressing gown, not dressing. I gown, but, well, yeah, I, I gowns that people wear at night when they go to bed. What like old women used to wear or something. Oh like. yeah, no, I don't wear those. No, no, I I, <laughs> I was just gonna say I I used to have a bathrobe. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> After I finished a shower. Just to dry me off. No, I'm, I'm imagining one of those, like, sleeping gowns. No, my mum has one of those. Anyway. Anyway, you can get onto your one now if you want. Yeah, this is a long one. So bear with me, but it is, I can say, it definitely is better than that one we just read. And I don't know who to credit because it was posted on a few different websites. So whoever you are, this is credited to you, internet person, if you're alive. So there is no title of this as far as I know because it wouldn't let me print off the webpage. So I had to copy and paste the story. 
onto Microsoft Word. I'll just call it Tulpa Story Number One, or Number Two, actually. Tulpa Story Number Two. Last year, I spent six months participating in what I was told was a psychological experiment. I found an ad in my local paper looking for imaginative people looking to make good money. And since it was the only ad that week that I was remotely qualified for, I gave them a call and we arranged an interview. First of all, ad in a local paper? Nah. You go and read, you go on Indeed, you Google job vacancies. Some people still read local papers. Yeah, when they're in the middle of nowhere. Well, no, you can read paper, but getting a job from a paper, no one does that. Uh, some people do. No, most places want you to apply online anyway. Maybe. You're talking to a person that sends out frequent CVs and applies for loads of do- jobs. You still get job ads, though, in the local paper. Mm, maybe. Okay. They told me that I, all I would have to do is stay in a room alone with sensors attached to my head to read my brain activity. And while I was there, I would visualise a double of myself. They called it my tulpa. It seems easy enough, and I agreed to do it as soon as they told me how much I would be paid. And the next day, I began. They brought me to a simple room and gave me a bed, and then attached sensors to my head and hooked them into a little black box on the table beside me. They talked to me through the process of visualising my double again, and explained that if I got bored or restless, instead of moving around, I should visualise my double moving around, or try to interact with him, and so on. The idea was to keep him with me the entire time I was in the room. I had trouble with it for the first few days. It was more controlled than any sort of daydreaming I'd done before. I'd imagine my double for a few minutes, then grow distracted. But by the fourth day, I could imagine to keep him present for the entire six hours. They told me I was doing very well. The second week, they gave me a different room with wall-mounted speakers. They told me... They wanted to see if I could still keep the tulpa with me in spite of distracting stimuli. The music was discordant, ugly and unsettling, and it made the process a little more difficult, but I managed nonetheless. The next week they played even more unsettling music, punctuated with streaks, feedback loops, and what sounded like an old-school modem dialing up and guttural voices speaking some foreign language. I just laughed it off. I was a pro by then. (laughs) After about a month, I started to get bored. I remember I did an essay once in uni, and not an essay, it was sort of an essay, actually. It's like a pitch for a TV show. And the lecturer stated in my feedback that I had an uneasy relationship with commas. I really want to submit this to the lecturer, (laughs) because he would reevaluate that B that he gave me so quickly. I would so get an A for that work. (laughs) Where was I? After about a month, I started to get bored. To liven things up, I started interacting with my doppelganger. We'd have conversations or play rock, paper, scissors, or I'd imagine him juggling or breakdancing or whatever caught my fancy. I asked the researchers if my foolishness would adversely affect their study, but they encouraged me. So we played and communicated, and that was fun for a while. And then it got a little strange. I was telling him about my first date one day, and he corrected me. I'd said my date was wearing a yellow top and he told me it was a green one. I thought about it for a second and realised he was right. It creeped me out, and after my shift that day, I talked to the researchers about it. You're using the thought form to access your subconsciousness, they explained. You knew on some level that you were wrong, and you subconsciously corrected yourself. What had been creepy was suddenly cool. (laughs) I was talking to my subconscious. It took some practice, but I found that I could question my tulpa and access all sorts of memories. 
I could make it quote whole pages of books I'd read once, years before, or things I was taught and immediately forgot in high school. It was awesome. This guy doesn't know what cool and awesome is. <laughs> that was around the time I started calling up my body double outside the research centre. Not often at first, but I was so used to imagining him by now that it almost seemed odd to not see him. So whenever I was bored, I'd visualise my double. Eventually, I started doing it almost all the time. It was amusing to take him along like an invisible friend. I imagined him when I was hanging out with friends or visiting my mum. I even brought him along on a date once. Creepy. Three-way. <laughs> I didn't need to speak aloud to him, so I was able to carry out conversations with him and no one was the wiser. Even on a date when you're one-on-one, -on -one, no one was the wiser? That you're completely not paying attention to the person that you're supposed to be on a date with? You're having an imaginary conversation in your head? <laughs> okay, then. We're pretty shit, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd hate to be that girl. I know that sounds strange, but it was fun. Not only was he a walking repository of everything I knew and everything I'd forgotten, he also seemed more in touch with me than I did at times. He had an uncanny grasp of the minutiae of body language that I didn't even realise I was picking up on. For example, I thought the date I brought him along on was going badly, but he pointed out how much he was laughing a, a little too hard at my jokes and leaning towards me as I spoke and a bunch of other subtle clues I wasn't consciously picking up on. I listened, and let's just say that that date went very well. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke too soon. <laughs> but does that mean that the chopper was there when he was getting it on? Oh. He wouldn't have left him. By the time I'd been at the research centre for four months, he was with me constantly. The researchers approached me one day after my shift and asked me if I'd stopped visualising him. I denied it, and they seemed pleased. I silently asked my double if he knew what prompted that, but he just shrugged it off. So did I. I withdrew a little from the world at that point. I was having trouble relating to people. It seemed to me that they were so confused and unsure of themselves while I had a manifestation of myself to confer with. It made socialising awkward. Nobody else seemed aware of the reasons behind their actions, why some things made them mad and others made them laugh. They didn't know what moved them, but I did. Or at last I could ask myself and get an answer. A friend confronted me one evening. He pounded at the door until I answered it and came in fuming and swearing up a storm. You haven't answered when I called you in fucking weeks, you dick, he yelled. What's your fucking problem? I was about to apologise to him and probably would have offered to hit the bars with him that night, but my tolpa suddenly grew furious. Hit him, it said, and before I knew what I was doing, I had. I heard his nose break. He fell to the floor and came up springing, and we beat each other up and down my apartment. I was more furious than I had ever been, and I was not merciful. I kicked him to the ground and gave him two savage kicks to the ribs, and that was when he fled, hunched over and sobbing. The police were by a few minutes later, but I told them that he had been the instigator, and since he wasn't around to refute me, they let me off with a warning. My tolpa was grinning the entire time. We spent the night crowing about my victory and sneering over how badly I'd beaten my friend. It wasn't until the next morning when I was checking out my black eye and cut lip in the mirror that I remembered what had set me off. My double was the one who'd grown furious, not me. I'd been feeling guilty and a little ashamed, but he'd goaded me into a vicious fight with a concerned friend. He was present, of course, and knew my thoughts. You don't need him anymore. You don't need anyone else, he told me, and I felt my skin crawl. I explained all this to the researchers who employed me, but they just laughed it off. You can't be scared of something that you're imagining, one told me. My double stood behind him and nodded his head, then smirked at me, which is fucking creepy. 
I tried to take the words to heart, but over the next few days, I found myself growing more and more anxious around my tulpa, and it seemed that he was changing. He looked taller and more menacing. His eyes twinkled with mischief. I saw a malice in his constant smile. No job was worth losing my mind over, I decided. If he was out of control, I'd put him down. I was so used to him at that point that visualising him was an automatic process, so I started trying my damnedest not to visualise him. It took a few days, but it started to work somewhat. I could get rid of him for hours at a time, but every time he came back, he seemed worse. His skin seemed ashen, his teeth more pointed. He hissed and gibbered and threatened and swore. That's where you could use a comma, Matt, you see? That's a list. You didn't have to put five ands in it or whatever you did. He hears gibbered, threatened and swore. There, I am correcting. I'm editing as I'm going along. The discordant music I'd been listening to for four months seemed to accompany him everywhere. Even when I was at home, I'd relax and slip up, no longer concentrating on seeing him. And there he'd be, and that howling noise with him. I was still visiting the research centre and spending my six hours there. I needed the money, and I thought they weren't aware that I was now actively not visualising my tulpa. I was wrong. After my shift one day, about five and a half months in, two impressive men grabbed and restrained me, and someone in a lab coat jabbed a hypodermic needle into my body. I woke up from my stupor back in the room. I do like his vocabulary, though, I must say. I do like the guy's writing. Yeah, it's a lot better than some of the ones I've read. Yeah, like he read the book and he was reading and he's read and he read, 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 read. Yeah. Yeah, I like the words that he's using. Yeah. I like that he knows what thesaurus and dictionary are. (laughs) (laughs) I woke up from my stupor back in the room, strapped into the bed, music blaring with my doppelganger standing over me cackling. He hardly looked human anymore. His features were twisted. His eyes were sunken in their sockets and filmed over like a corpse's. Okay, I'll move past that. He was much taller than me, but hunched over. His hands were twisted and fingernails were like talons. He was, in short, fucking terrifying. I tried to will him away, but I just couldn't seem to concentrate. He giggled and tapped the ivy on my arm. I thrashed in my restraints as best I could, but could hardly move at all. They're pumping you full of the good shit, I think. How's the mind? All fuzzy? He leaned closer and closer as he spoke. I gagged. His breath smelt like spoiled meat. I tried to focus but could not banish him. The next few weeks were terrible. Every so often someone in doctor's coat would come in and inject me with something or force feed me a pill. They kept me dizzy and unfocused and sometimes left me hallucinating or delusional. My thought form was still present, constantly mocking. He interacted with or perhaps caused my delusions. I hallucinated that my mother was there scolding me. And then he cut her throat and her blood showered me. It was so real I could taste it. That's fucked up. The doctors never spoke to me. I begged at times, screamed, held invectives, demanded answers. They never spoke to me. They may have talked to my tulpa, my personal monster. I'm not sure. I was so doped and confused that it may have just been more delusion. But I remember them talking with him. I grew convinced that he was the real one and I was the thought form. He encouraged the line of thoughts at times, mocked me at others. Another thing that I pray was a delusion. He could touch me. More than that, he could hurt me. He'd poke and prod at me if he felt I wasn't paying enough attention to him. Once he'd grab my testicles and squeeze until I told him I loved him. Another time he slashed my forearm with one of his talons. 
I still have the scar. Most days I convinced myself that I injured myself and just hallucinated that he was responsible. Most days. Three hours later, I was given an injection and passed out. I awoke unrestrained. Shaking, I made my way to the door and found it unlocked. I walked out into the empty hallway and then ran. I stumbled more than once, but I made it down the stairs and out into the lot behind the building. There I collapsed, weeping like a child. I knew I had to keep moving, but I couldn't manage it. I got home eventually. I don't remember how. I locked the door and shoved the dresser against it, took a long shower and slept for a day and a half. Nobody came for me in the night and nobody came the next day, or the one after that. It was over. I'd spent a week locked in that room, but it felt like a century. I'd withdrawn so much from life beforehand that nobody had even known I was missing. Police didn't find anything. The research centre was empty when they searched it. The paper trail fell apart. The names I'd given them were aliases. Even the money I'd received was apparently untraceable. I recovered as much as one can. I don't leave the house much, and I have panic attacks when I do. I cry a lot. I don't sleep much, and my nightmares are terrible. It's over, I tell myself. I survived. I use the concentration those bastards taught me to convince myself. It works, sometimes. Not today, though. Three days ago, I got a phone call from my mother. There's been a tragedy. My sister's the latest victim in a spree of killings, the police say. The perpetrator mugs his victims, then guts them. The funeral was this afternoon. It was as lovely a service as a funeral can be, I suppose. I was a little distracted, though. All I could hear was music coming from somewhere distant. Discordant, unsettling stuff that sounds like feedback and shrieking and a modem dialing up. I hear it still, a little louder now. The end. So, yeah, that was that was the hefty Tulpa story. I like that one. That is actually quite good. Yeah, I like that one and wonder why these people on the internet now think they can make a Tulpa and it's all just fun and games. Nothing can go wrong. It's just like having a BFF. Yeah. Guess what? You're wrong. Don't do a Tulpa. Don't make one. Because just in, in the slight chance that they, they are real, they could be fucked up. They could be like this. Yeah, like the one in Sleepy Hollow. Or the one in here, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, there was a tulpa and he went around killing people. This one goes around killing people. A tulpa could be bad mojo, man. Mm. I do kind of like the darker side of this one. It's mm, kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's very dark. I'm a bit surprised that they haven't used this in like Japanese films or something like that. Yeah, they maybe they have. We've just not seen it. I doubt that we have any Japanese or Chinese or any of the Asian listeners, but... Yeah, anyone that watches Japanese films. Always looking for film suggestions there. <laughs> yeah, so tulpas, they can be interesting. I understand the idea of it. I don't personally believe in it. And also, if if they were real, and if I was to believe in it, I think they were mighty creepy. So I don't think they're things that you should play around with freely. Yeah, if it is your like, subconscious, it's the side of your subconscious you probably shouldn't be paying too much attention to yeah the darker side of your person yeah like it in the ego right yeah so i i think in general it's probably best not to try and tempt them out their whole yeah i love how we're saying that but we're like oh no it's definitely not real but if it was real <laughs> we'd be cut we often like anything wouldn't we, probably? we're hedging our bets like it's not real but if it was just make some for some interesting stories if done well. I think it's good. It's a good topic for like writers and stuff like that. I think. Yeah, because it's 
it plays with fear as well a lot fear of oneself fear of loneliness fear of lack of companionship i don't know what else we can say about the story it makes me want to write a tulpa story because i have actually seen tulpa fiction before which is why i thought about doing this episode so maybe we should write tulpas maybe listeners should write tulpas and give it to us yeah and then we'll read them out and we won't credit you as that guy on the internet <laughs> if we have your name. So, yeah, just send us later tulpas and we'll read them out. But um, if your spelling and, and your grammar is bad, Tarman will massacre you. If your spelling and grammar is bad, in the subject of the email, put down for the attention of either Matt or Chris, so I just forward it directly to them, <laughs> and they can look at it and they can deal with it. If you don't want to be criticised, don't send it just generally to thedorkseduction at gmail.com or Twitter, or Facebook, because I'm the only one that actually checks it, you shitheads. Don't do one too long either, otherwise we will give up. Hey, we didn't give up because that one was good. If we hadn't pre-read it and we didn't know it was going to end like that, I don't think I would have made it all the way through. <laughs> I would have thought, oh no, it's too long, I'm not doing it. A bit surprised that this isn't more common in films. I was surprised about how... Because, yeah, there were forums and stuff about Tolper, but generally I was surprised about how little there was on the internet about it. Yeah. Because it was the same stuff rehashed over and over again, nothing really new. Like, the one, the long one we read out, that was posted, like, several times because I was looking for different stories and I kept finding this one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm surprised that it's not... Yeah, there's not that much on it. I mean, I have seen instances in media of Tulpa. I'm, like I mentioned the Sleepy Hollow one before. Mm. So I have watched a few things, but that's more because I'm inclined to watch like supernatural type television shows. Yeah. I'm in the niche because the shows that I watch are more cult-like. Yeah. So the general public wouldn't really be aware, would they? Not necessarily. So yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't many more about this. Yeah. Like, who needs another Friday the 13th film when you can have a Tulpa film? Yeah. It's a pretty prime subject, I think. Yeah, because it has so many things involved with it. It's about self-discovery, for one thing. Yeah. It could be a happy movie <laughs> about self-discovery. And I don't mean masturbation porn. Anyway, I think it's time we bid good day. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> self-discovery, masturbation. That's how it came. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's... Before this descends into even more anarchy, let's... Let's just buy, buy. Oh, and the email, Facebook, Twitter thing, <laughs> buy.